Welcome to episode six of the Passion for Dance podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about culture. The conversation applies if you're a coach to a school team, teach at a studio, own a studio, really any situation where you're working with dancers or other dance educators. Team culture is what keeps us going. If you work with good people, you stay. Dancers work harder for a team they feel a part of, and dance teachers stay loyal to a studio with good culture. It's what makes a lot of the hard stuff worth it. So how do you create a positive culture? Well, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Creating a positive culture is one thing that I think I get asked about a lot. And, you know, there's coaches and studio owners who feel like they've taken over from someone else or things have just gotten really bad and they don't know how to turn it around. And positive culture is... It's in your power to change and it's in your power to do something about it. But I do want to say that this is not a short term thing or an easy fix, right? Positive culture is the long game. It's completely worth it, but it's a challenge that's going to take a long time and there's going to be bumps along the way. There's two big pieces to this when I talk about culture that I want to uh, focus in on today. One is talking about your core values and depending on kind of your level within uh, the dancers that you're working with, it could be just your personal core values, or it could be bigger, like the values of the team or the studio. But you have to know where you're starting, whether that's your personal values or your studio values or your team, uh, you have to know where you're starting. And this is one of those lessons that took me a long time to get to when I started uh, coaching and teaching very young. I started teaching ballet when I was 16, kind of working at the local studio and all the way up through coaching a high school team when I was way too young to be doing so, uh, in my opinion. And I, it took me a really long time to figure out that I even needed core values, let alone figure out what they are. But my coaching and teaching completely changed when I figured out my personal values as a coach and an educator. And this, it feels like it can be hard to narrow down and decide what it matters or just feel like this is like a frou-frou thing. You're just going to sit down and write it out one day and never look at it again. But I can't tell you how powerful this was for me as an educator once I got grounded in this. So, you know, why it matters the most is that it helps you make hard decisions. And that's the most practical reason I can give you of why this is worth your time. So there's so many good things about coming up with your core values and creating the positive culture is going to be the like the side effect of that. But the big thing that helps in a more immediate sense as you're working to build that culture that matters to you is that it helps you make the hard decisions. So I want to share a story one time that had a dancer that was excellent. Her The first few years I worked with her and then the third year things just changed. Um, her attitude got really negative. She became just a challenge for everybody to be around. She was bringing down our team culture. 
And I'm usually one that's like, if you don't fit with us, you don't stay. If you are the one bad apple that's bringing down our team culture, you can't stay and be a part of the program. But we had history with this dancer. She was an important part of the program. And I struggled with if I should let her go right there, uh, let her finish the season, but not come back or, you know, that there was too much history there and I couldn't just end it. Right. And I struggled with this particular dancer and the decisions about what do I do that's best for her? You know, you know, basically what it comes to is I feel like what was right for her and what was right for the team didn't always feel like the same thing. And that's really challenging as the educator and the coach, the teacher, the one in charge. I'm like, how do I make this choice when I I don't, there is no win-win. Like there is no right answer that's going to help everybody. And ultimately the reason it was so challenging was comes back to team culture and comes back to the culture of our program that if I I didn't want to let one person change it, but I also didn't want to just give up on this dancer. So having my own coaching core values helped me make the right choice, what turned out to be, I believe, the right choice in that, uh, you know, we had some really hard conversations and she was able to stay a part of the program because she turned things around. But it really came down to my coaching philosophy allowed for me to make the hard choice that I knew was right. Because if you're weighing back and forth, I could do A, B, or C. I don't know what's right. And you're like, your brain is spinning, right? If you have a core value to fall back on and say, okay, when I was not stressed out and not sleeping, I said that these three things are what matter to me. So that when you are stressed and not sleeping and everything feels chaotic around you, you can go back to those and say, okay, I know what matters. I know what's right. And then truly, like one decision stands out as like, that's the only one that actually aligns with those values. So that's how it served me on a personal level. But if you're not sure where to start, uh, you can consider what's called the one word uh, kind of principle. It's by John Gordon. He has an excellent book about it. I'll link in the show notes. Very short read. You can do it in an afternoon and kind of check in on it and determine your own kind of one word. Um, I I use the one word principle instead of goals. And that's, uh, or instead of, sorry, not goals. I do lots of goals, (laughs) but instead of uh, New Year's resolutions. And There's that one word principle is a really great way to start thinking about your values. Um, And you can think about having one word for you personally, one word as a coach or even one word like as a studio. I do this as a workshop with a lot of uh, teams in school settings or is studio competition teams where we talk about basically three words for the years. We find your values. It's a kind of, it's not a dance workshop. It's something we sit with pen and paper and talk, and then, you know, we'll get up and dance later. But we have to think about these core values. And it takes effort to work through as a team because you have to come to like, what do we care about as a group right now? What matters to us? And I actually do this every single season with uh, competitive teams because every team is different. You have dancers coming in and out. You have other challenges. You have changing ages. Are you, you know, an older team, a younger team, lots of newbies, lots of veterans? Are you coming off of a really successful season? Are you coming off of a challenge? Are you, you know, what's going on and what's different? So each year, your values might shift a little bit. And, you know, there's a few teams that I have a really strong history with where we've done this year over year for a while now. And 
it's guided those teams through some really hard times. And I know from what I've heard from the dancers and the coaches and what I've seen myself is how much that value principle has really mattered. Because, you know, it's not just words. It's not just we put the pretty poster on the wall of the studio and that's going to fix our culture. Right? That's not it, that's not enough. You have to do the work to determine your own values and then you have to live it. You have to walk the walk and you have to also talk about it a lot. So if you are, let's go bigger, if you are maybe a studio owner or somebody who is kind of at the top of a bigger pyramid, a bigger hierarchy, you may have your personal values. But if you want to develop that kind of studio positive culture, you should have studio values too. What truly matters to your studio, something you spend time thinking about, brainstorm with other people, talk to your teachers about it. And then, yes, you may put the pretty picture on the wall or you may, you know, um, paint it somewhere, right? Make it really prevalent. But ultimately, you have to live by it. So again, if it helps you make decisions, then you're making decisions based on those values and your dancers are going to understand that you mean it, right? You can't then, you know, you can't make a hard decision like, well, this one is, it, I can't, I can't with this one. I, I'll make an exception. As soon as you do that, that is going to erode the culture. If you take the time to decide that you value, you know, whatever it is that you value, it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong here. But whatever you value, as soon as you decide that that's what matters in your program, you have to make decisions that align with that. And you personally live by it. You hold your teachers to those values and you hold your dancers to those values. And you might lose some dancers. I definitely have. Not uh, not every dancer is fit for every program. And I'm like, go dance for somebody else. That's okay. If you love dance, I hope you find somewhere that you fit, right? But you may not fit with me. And as a young coach and a younger teacher, I tried to be the jack of all trades. I tried to be the person that fit for everyone. And what happens is you have this weird mishmash of a culture where different people kind of have different rules and different um, goals and strategies. And it, it just, it doesn't work. It ends up falling apart. And so instead having a really clear, like personal philosophy, coaching philosophy, and then that led to program values, everybody knows what we stand for. And I will consistently stand for that. And if you don't fit in with my values in my program, that's okay. No hard feelings. Like There's nothing wrong with that. Go dance, find somewhere else that you fit as a dancer that will, you know, help you grow and support you. Maybe I'm not it. That's okay. Right. So it's not just words. You have to figure out what the words are first. You have to do the hard work and figure out those values, but you have to do the really hard work of living by it. And again, having those values allow you to make those decisions. This episode is brought to you by the Dance Coach Membership Releve, a community for dance coaches on the rise. This community is designed to help you create a team of committed, hardworking dancers that are a pleasure to coach every day. I've learned a lot about coaching other coaches over the years, and one thing I know is we need clear action plans that are easy to implement and a support network around us. So I created a membership to help all the dance coaches out there who want to rise up and make a difference on their team. Head over to passionatecoach.com slash membership to learn more about how to join us inside this dance coach membership, where you will get the support and guidance to find a new level of joy and success in coaching. That's passionatecoach.com slash membership. Okay, so part two of this is all about communication. Communication is a key to creating positive culture. And 
For this one, I rely a lot on a phrase that I got from the wonderful Dr. Brene Brown. Uh, I believe this one is from Dare to Lead, which I will link that book in the show notes as well. It's excellent if you were in any sort of leadership role. But her phrase is clear is kind. You have to be crystal clear in how you communicate and how you expect others to communicate with you. Culture that you want can only happen if you can articulate what you want, if you can address issues as they come up, if you can be vulnerable and be real, if you can have the hard conversations when there's problems. Like communication is the root of how you create that positive culture. Clear is kind. And again, like I was saying at the beginning, this is going to take time. You're not going to turn a negative culture around in a couple of weeks. It might take months, if not years, but it's worth it. And the only way you're going to get to that is by finding those core values and then using clear communication in order to make that uh, clear to everyone else, in order to make sure everyone understands what's expected. You're clearly explaining your expectations, maybe the rules of your program, the standards that you have set. And then the real challenge, though, comes to being able to clearly communicate when there's a problem. When you have a dancer who is not living in those core values, who is not, you know, positively contributing to your culture, right? And you've all had the dancer who is maybe the reason that things are a problem or they are maybe not single-handedly the issue, but you know, or there's like a small group of them, like there's a problem. You can tell where that negative culture is coming from. And the only way to deal with that is to have that clear communication. So this comes from a system of giving and receiving feedback in an honest and open way. Being able to talk to someone who is not following the rules, talking to someone who is making choices that don't align with your program's values, someone who has made a mistake, and maybe they usually are great, but they made a big mistake and you want to brush it off. But you have to have a clear system for communicating these challenging things, you know, standing up for your values and what you believe in and having the hard conversation. And this goes a few ways. Like this can be teacher to teacher, right? This can be coach to assist, you know, head coach to assistant coach, you know, studio owner to new teacher, teachers who are on the same level as peers, dancers who are on the same level as peers in any kind of situation, whatever the hierarchy is. Like you have to think through how do we handle problems? How do we handle communication? And what ultimately matters is that whatever you decide you want in your culture, the expectation is clear to everyone and you follow it all the time. There's no exceptions. There's not exceptions for the one parent who you actually do get along with and really like. There's not exceptions for your dancer you've known since she was four, right? You have to have that same expectation and communication with everyone. I think parents is kind of a whole other issue, and that's something I'll probably go into at another time. You know, boundaries are really important, but being able to listen to feedback from parents is also helpful if it's delivered well and they've earned it. Um, but again, that's another topic. This, I really want to focus more on like the internal culture of the actual dancers in your program or teachers in your studio or all together, like who, whoever your dance family is, right? You want that positive culture. And being able to give and receive feedback is essential to a positive culture. You can't brush problems under the rug. You can't treat people differently based on who they are um, or how long you've known them or how good of a dancer they are. Right? Things have to be the same. 
And ultimately being able to give and receive feedback is it's based in trust. It has to be modeled from the top down. The person at the top has to ask for feedback. You have to ask for people to share how things are going. And then you have to actually hear it and implement without judgment or or else everyone is afraid to share. And something personally I leaned into as a teacher and an educator in the academic world as a university professor that I check in with my students uh, around week five every semester of a traditional 15-week semester and basically say like, how's it going? Is there a set of assignments that are not working or you feel like they're a waste of time? How's my lecture style? Like how, you know, can you, can you find things? How's the organization? Like I just kind of ask all the things because yes, there's always going to be a couple people who grumble about things. And if it's like two or three, I can address it individually and try to support them. But if I have a large portion of my students who have a similar challenge, I need to hear that. And if I, if there's anything I can do to fix it, I do it. And I treat my dancers the same way where I can check in and just say like, how are you, like, how was practice this last week? How was it? Um, how was the way we set it up? How was, how we, how you, how did you feel about how we spent our time or, uh, you know, anything like have that genuine check-in with them. Same if there is a hierarchy of teachers, if you're the owner and you have lots of teachers under you, like have that genuine check-in of like, how do you feel? How's it going? What's working for you? What's a challenge? And if you truly hear them, they will learn that they can be honest with you. At first, you may get the like, no, everything's fine. And then that's the end of conversation. But the more you do it, and the more you hear them, and the more you truly implement that, the better you will kind of model for them that that's the communication you want. And then hopefully that also means that they learn to respect you and respect the culture and they will come to you if there is a problem that you don't have to ask for it anymore. They can have an honest conversation. And that also means you would be able to give them feedback in a way that is received as I just am here to help you get better. I'm here to help you grow. I'm here to help, you know, our studio be the best it can be. And that might mean that we need to have a hard conversation, but it's that leadership role of clear communication, exactly what's going wrong, you know, focusing on maybe behavior, not who they are as a person, but focusing on the issues you're seeing and how you guys can work together to make it, uh, to fix it or to make it better. So it can't just be that you have this personal value that you live by and they have your, everybody has to know what you mean and they have to know that you truly hold that value and live by it. And this is one of those times where actions definitely speak louder than words. When you are trying to create a positive culture you have to talk about it first. You have to have that clear conversation about your values or about what matters, what's important, your expectations for culture, behaviors that will not be tolerated, whatever it is that you have to lay out there first. You have to talk about it. But then you have to live it and you have to live it every day and you have to be consistent about it. And if you make a mistake, as we all do, you got to own the mistake, right? The only way to create that culture is top down where that person is able to kind of own their own mistakes and be the example that they want to see and be able to kind of live that communication every day. So, you know, I personally, I started with a team when I was a very young coach that had a pretty terrible culture. It was a lot of rule breaking, a lot of like, I'm too cool for this. I'm above it. Rules don't apply to me. Plus I was really young and 
personality wise, I am uh, what personality psychologists call high agreeableness. And it's what it sounds like. I'm very agreeable. I'm a people pleaser. And that also means I can get walked over. And so as a very young coach, I just I struggled with setting those boundaries and those clear expectations. And the communication part was really hard. As I said earlier, I didn't even know that I needed values or had values or like I was I didn't have enough of my own life figured out, let alone being able to be that leader. But the bigger problem was not being able to kind of have that clear set of communication. And it took a couple years for things to truly turn around. It started with my own coaching philosophy. That was the part that really changed how I show up for my dancers. And if you are a school team coach or a teacher in the studio world, um, I do have a whole uh, kind of worksheet to help you figure out your own personal uh, philosophy as a dance educator. You can uh, download that in the show notes. I just ask some really great questions to sit and reflect and think about like, what do I really, truly stand for and believe in? So it's a worksheet to help you figure that out. Um, Again, you can find that in the show notes. But once I did that, and once I truly figured that out, things got a lot easier. Plus, I also just got a little older and more experienced. And I found comfort in my personal values. And that I knew, again, even if not everyone agreed with me, that's okay. (laughs) And then being able to be comfortable with that. But then I truly learned about honest communication. And that's when the positive culture really took hold. So it's not all positive communication. It's honestly in how you handle the hard stuff, how you handle the negative communication that needs to happen. And negative just meaning like when you have to talk about an issue, how you handle those moments has everything to do with creating the positive culture that you want, right? You can't ignore the issues, but you have to deal with the issues with compassion and with empathy, but with clear standards and rules and, you know, holding those values, holding true to them, not letting go of it just because, uh, you know, you're it's because it's hard right now. Right. And there's definitely some times when I have held strong to a value that I thought my career was over. I thought everything was ending. I thought I was going to be fired. I thought every dancer I'd ever loved was done and hated me. (laughs) There were some dark few months in there where my values were challenged and I had to stand strong in them. But the only way I got through it was that I had the strong value and I knew that what I was doing and my choice was the right thing for this program that I had created and I wasn't going to back down from it. And now I can look back at it years later and say as hard as that was and as much as there were tears and it was a disaster in a lot of ways, but the only way I can look back now and I can say like, but I'm actually really proud of what happened. I'm really proud of being able to hold those values really strong. And it's because I had them and because I communicated them. So that honest communication, even when you're dealing with challenges, like that's when it really matters. And so, you know, is that positive team culture always perfect once you've created it? Like, no, right? There's definitely years that are better than others. There's months and days that are better than others. But overall, the culture of your program or your studio is built from the ground up. And for me, I had to like scratch a culture that was already there and start over. Um, But I wanted to create a place that, you know, would be, the dancers would be loyal and want to stay in a place basically that I wanted to work, a place that I want to show up, right? That's not to say it's perfect, or again, it's the right fit for everyone. But if you have that clear culture, people know if they fit or not, and you're able to 
be a part of that and you're able to decide what works for you and you attract the other people into your village. You know, I think that's another thing I've shared some. It's like if you want more positivity in your world, in your village around you, if you want more um, hardworking, disciplined people, like whoever you want, like you attract the people you want based on what you give off and what you put out to the world. And if you want that positive culture, you find your own values and what matters to you, you communicate them clearly, and you stick to them when things get hard. Creating a positive culture doesn't happen overnight. Again, it takes even years sometimes. But if you're taking over a school team, starting from scratch at a brand new studio, no matter your situation, like it takes time. But after some hard decisions and living in your values for a while, things will start to shift. I promise that positive culture will start to happen. Stick with it. Create the culture that you want to work in. If you enjoyed the episode, please go leave a a review so that I can reach more dancers and support our community. And while you're at it, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world. Mm -hmm.